Welcome to Let's Talk About Self-Esteem. I'm your host, Marion Davis, President of Self-Esteem Boston. Today, we're going to talk about living with purpose. And boy, do we have a guest that has that in her repertoire. But first, I'd like to introduce to you my co-hosts. First, Deborah Lynette, who is a trained self-esteem educator and founder of Sentient Leadership. And Betty Doherty, a self-esteem educator as well, recovery coach, and chair of the board of directors in self of Self-Esteem Boston. Thank you guys for being here today. It is so crazy to do this. <laughs> anyway, um, our guest today, a special guest for today's segment, because she kind of lives lives in one place, but lives in another place and goes back and forth, is I um, hope I'm saying it is Michi Morillo, right? Is that correct? Yes. Correct. yes. Okay. <laughs> is an author, a youth coach, an acclaimed keynote speaker, and a he lived with experience navigating the juvenile justice system. As a former juvenile delinquent, I love saying that. <laughs> uh, I can relate. I can relate. And an expelled high school student, Michi went on to have a successful 20-year career in graphic design. Little did she know, being repeatedly incarcerated between the ages of 14 and 18 and being expelled were uniquely designed for her life's purpose. She committed to being a transformative force in the lives of youth. Good, good. hello. Welcome to the show, Michi. We, when did we must have met you like a year ago? Isn't that what it was? We just okay. came. Yeah. And we said, okay, this is, okay, this is it. This is good. This is going to happen. We've, you know, we're on the last leg of the, uh, I'm so excited about it. But I, I think that the way we could do this, and, if, and hopefully you agree with me, is just, um, you know, start by telling everybody. I know you tell this, tell your story a lot, and it's the more you tell it, the more people hear it. So maybe you could just tell people how you got started and, um, you know, how you help uh, kids become more self-aware. Um with your words and your and your techniques, and just to show people, um, uh, we have we're going to have a resource page or whatever it's called, really good called Cell Dreamer Freedom, and it's a is this the uh, uh, teacher edition? No, that's actually the juvenile detention version. Okay, all right. This well, available. they're from her. They have Michi's book, so there you go. So Michi, if you wouldn't mind. Just we now know who you are. Tell us all about you. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Um, and where do I start? I, I, I could start when I was 14 years old and, and, and I got kicked out of school. Um, actually, I got expelled. Traditional schools didn't want me. And they were like, you know what? Um, this isn't working out. But instead of me going down the right path and even trying to find help, I actually just went downward spiral. And I remember just getting locked up constantly, constantly. It was like a revolving door. And every time I went back in, people would actually greet me as if they knew that I was actually coming back. It was one of those things that they were like, hey, you had your same room, but with a different cellmate. And I remember just one of those things that it was just a revolving door and, 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 
it wasn't until I turned 18 that I said, you know what, enough is enough. Um, I was locked up four times in and out, in and out, but I got it once my mom left me there for the last time. And I remember just my mom saying, you know what, I can't bail you out this time. You're, the judge is going to leave you there till you're 18. And I was devastated. I felt betrayed by my mom, by just why wouldn't you bail me out again just one more time? I could do it this time. But you know what, it was the best thing that happened to me because that was when I learned. Um, that was when I said, you know what, I have to be done. I, I can't be living this life anymore. To make a long story short, just because of time's sake, um, I ended up just saying, I want to reinvent myself. I want to reinvent myself. I, I got to do better. So once I turned 18, I said, I got to go to Job Corps. I ended up going to Job Corps for a couple of years and getting kicked out of that as well. Um, I didn't, I was able to get my certification as a graphic designer. So once I got kicked out, I went back to my same environment, but I, I wasn't fulfilled. And I ended up moving to Boston, sorry, to Florida and saying, you know what, this is the perfect opportunity. No one knows me and I'm just going to reinvent myself. This is the perfect opportunity to just see what I can create intentionally. And I'm like, if I'm able to create this much chaos without being intention, without the intention, what can I create while being intentional? So I remember just wanting to feel fulfilled and actually going to a detention center and just volunteering my time. And there was a kid there and he looked at me with despair and said, well, what do you know? And at that moment I was like, you know what? There it is. What I'm going to do is I'm going to create a book that even if, my voice leaves, my words could stay. And that's how the first juvenile version um, came about, which is the one that you showed Marion. And, and once I created that, the school that expelled me found out, <laughs> and then they ended up hiring me to go ahead and coach their youth. And, and it's been phenomenal. That's awesome that they had that, that they were, they weren't stuck on themselves so much that they said, oh, we're not going to have her here because, you know, but she, they, they saw they saw the light. <laughs> yeah, they they, figured, they probably figured if, if they didn't do it, that you would you would come back. <laughs> so, oh, my God, first of all, I think you're totally amazing. I think that the work you do is incredible. Um, my own experience is I worked with a lot, a lot of women and it makes me teary men and women that were incarcerated i ran some halfway houses and i'd go interview them and take them to the halfway house drug court all that fabulous and i think the message i'm already getting from you is you knew you were worth it and you were worth it so you want to let others know they're worth it and they can change their life you know so that being said, one of the things we wanted to talk about or ask you is, um, you know, you say that living purposely means promise making and promise keeping. How do you help young people believe in themselves enough to make those promises and then do the hard work of following through? Uh, for the youth especially, right? <laughs> yeah. So what I do is I link it to self-esteem. Right. Because one of the ways that us humans develop self-esteem is actually keeping a promise to yourself. 
Um, if you say you're gonna go to the gym on Monday and you don't go to the gym on Monday, what happens is it actually reduces your self-esteem. It, it kind of makes you feel like, well, you didn't keep a promise to yourself. So I link it to that and I say, the more you keep a promise to yourself, the more of a self-esteem, more of a healthy, high self-esteem that you will have. And once I say that to them, they're like, well, wait a minute. If I don't keep a promise to myself, that means that my low self-esteem drops. And I tell them, yes. And I, and I always use this, this example. I say, if I was coming from the airport and you told me that you were going to pick me up, would you be there? They're like, of course, coach. Of course I would be there to pick you up. I would keep my promise. So I always tell them, so if you are able to keep a promise to somebody else, why can't you keep a promise to yourself? And I think it's a mind shift and they get it. They understand it. And, oh, yeah. that's awesome. I like, I love how you presented that, that it's one thing like I can tell people, we can tell people, I promise I'm going to do that. And it's almost like we're telling the other person we're going to promise them, but to take it the other way and like do it for yourself, you know, that's the important part. And I like how you talked about, um, you know, it builds your self-esteem because that's what, you know, of course, that's what we teach and that, you know, our purpose is to um, share and and help others realize that if they want high self-esteem, you do a, you do esteemable acts. And like you said, the person that said they're going to go to the gym and doesn't go probably doesn't feel good about themselves after, right? Wow, exactly. perfect. That's that's part of our philosophy, our mission statement at Self Esteem Boston. We help people, you know, transform and feel better about themselves from the inside out. So if you're feeling good about going to the gym, that's that's great. And then your outside can start to match. Then there's a healthy alignment there between yeah. who you are and who you and who you want to become. You know, it's that willingness to say yes to yourself. Do you have extreme esteem? How do you measure success? I choose to be conscious about not using drugs and alcohol. I fill my life with purpose by helping others. I'm here to live up to my own expectations. I live by values I respect. I am responsible for my own happiness. I love and accept myself exactly as I am. If you want to learn more on how to achieve extreme esteem and personal success, selfesteemboston.com. At Cummings Foundation, living with purpose means working in a collaborative and inclusive manner with a diverse group of people to help promote and empower the social and economic inclusion of everyone in our local communities. It makes me think about... Um... When I was when I was growing up, and and my I would my father was said he was going to help me build some kind of table that I wanted in my workout space, whatever it was. And honest to God, he never did it. And he would say, "I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it next week. I'm going to." You know, I, I'm thinking about it now how that leaves somebody thinking. So imagine looking in the mirror and saying saying that to yourself that you didn't you know you didn't uh, make that promise and keep it so it's even more it's 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 kind of thought provoking i never i haven't thought about that in a very long time but um he never made it. by the way he never did it he never put the table together for me. <laughs> yeah but it's also think about how that made you feel yeah right? So yeah. like you said, on the contrary, how would it make that other person feel when they don't do right. what they're going to do? Right, right, right on. Deb, 
Do you have a... Nishi. Yeah, Nishi, um, you mentioned that example about the gym, about self-awareness. And that's the first element of self-esteem is bringing about awareness. In what other ways do you help uh, youth become aware of themselves? How do you um, help them to transform themselves from one person into the beginning of another person. What do you, how do you do that in your work? So what I do, I would say self-reflection, right? My book is all about self and it's reflecting on, on who you've been, right? And who are you willing to become? I think there's a gap there that just needs to be closed. Um, and when I talk to these youth and I help them, one of the things that I even have them look is I tell them, listen, don't look at your time as a punishment. Look at it as preparation. And once I say that, I think it's just the mindset. And I say you're preparing to go back to society. So how do you want to show up? How do you want to come back to, to society? How do you want to come back? You, who do you want to become? Who do you, The world is waiting. And how are they going to perceive you at this point? And when I just kind of frame it like that, I think it's just eye-opener for them. Yeah, it inspired me to do a cartoon or something like that. The world is waiting, the curtain's open, and there you are. Yeah, the world is waiting. What's the most powerful experience you've had with group, either working in a small group, a large group, or one-on-one? -on -one? Is there anything in your experience that, um, that you've, felt was um, really meaningful to them? I think it's really meaningful and impactful when it's smaller because it's, it's intimate. And um, I tell them all the time, my goal is to reimagine and rebuild the village. And now I am that village, right? It takes a village and by me instilling into you, that means that you're able to make better decision. I'm just a trailblazer to you. And what happens is that these kids, it's more impactful and when it's a small setting is because they're able to become vulnerable. You know, when it's large, um, they kind of feel judged by the people beside them. But when it's a group of maybe 10, max 12, you could see them just really break down and say, hey, I really want to change. Um, and, and, and that's powerful. That's yeah. powerful. You know, I, um, I've also seen you in a large group and you create an atmosphere where it's very intimate by the questions that you ask and um, the parts of you that you reveal make it very intimate where people can feel vulnerable with you, which I think is a really powerful experience. So when you're working, I want to back up a little bit to the incarcerated youth because um, you know, that's really um, a very vibrant image about children being incarcerated. When you said, um, we look at this time as preparation and not punishment, what else do you do with them? Um, I know you have your workbook and, and what else do you do with them to help them stay motivated and on the road to transformation? Well, I actually take them through a series of exercises. Um, one of the exercises that I do with them is actually really powerful and I have them close their eyes and I tell them, listen, let's say you got released and something happened to you. 
you know, because one of the things that these kids always say is I'm ready. I'm going to change. I'm going to change and I'm going to change. And I've done it. I, like I said, I got locked up four times and um, I do these exercises to where I make it real. It's like making it real and seeing themselves in their death, in their deathbed. Um, just because they're, con they're continuously making wrong choices. And once they make it real for them, that's when that shift happens because I do these exercises that make them kind of even get in, cry um, and just really get emotional because they're like, well, wait a minute, I never seen it from that perspective. And I tell them, well, this is what's going to happen if you continue to go down this path. So I make it real for them by make, by doing these exercises. We all have the best intentions and we stumble and we fall. So right. um, what advice do you give to youth about um, how to handle that, how to cope with setbacks, because that's a reality for everyone. And particularly with youth growing up. Oh, so yeah. how do you help them understand that this is gonna happen? It's part of life. It's part of life and honestly, um, it took me a while to understand that it's part of life because you think that because you're going down the right path now that things are supposed to be smooth, but not. Nah, this is, this is, there's always opportunities for you to grow. And I tell them, this is just an opportunity for you to show, to show the world what you got. You know, if you continue to go through these things is because you still have not learned that lesson. You still have not learned that lesson. You're going to continue to go through this, this situation unless you learn how to master your emotions, have the emotional intelligence to say no and just handle yourself with poise and be able to just, navigate through whatever it is you're going through in a healthy, productive way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So, um, Michi, um, as far as, um, you know, purpose in life goes, <laughs> were you thinking about your purpose in life when you kind of started to create this whirlwind of energy and, and programs and connections and topics. And we are, or did you realize afterwards? Because I, I sometimes talk to people like yourself who have the, the, the business and they're excited about what they're doing. Even people who, who are train conductors that are happy doing what they're doing because they don't drink anymore or they're, you know, they're doing whatever it is and they feel like this is a, a purpose in life. Do you feel that the purpose came first and you didn't see it or the purpose came afterwards and you're like, wow, this must be my purpose in life. I mean, what is that all? What does purpose mean to you in relation to your self-esteem and keeping things going? I, I, I think that we understand life backwards. And I think that all along, this was my purpose. However, I wasn't aware of it until I looked back and saw things just line up the way they did. Even the school expelling me, even just everything up to this point has been literally in divine order. So as far as purpose, I really believe that this is my purpose to reimagine and rebuild the village by helping these youth. I always knew that I didn't want any kids of my own. I always knew that from an early age. But I remember saying when someone asked me, do you want any kids? I said, no, why well, have one kid of my own when I can go ahead and feed millions? Not realizing that that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm feeding millions of youth. You know, we just started a million youth mission and, and 
that's my purpose to help these youth. Self-Esteem's Boston new online training centers are for everyone. Learn to use self-esteem skills in your work and in your own life. Learn self-esteem, goal setting, stress management, job readiness, wellness, and more. Online self-directed courses in English and in Spanish. This program will help you to grow and thrive. When you truly believe in yourself, the possibilities for your life are endless. To learn more, www.selfesteemboston.com. How do you see that relating to self-esteem? Because this is what it's all about. There's six elements and you, you've got the purpose. So I see it relating to self-esteem. Once you know your purpose and you're able to understand that you're actually here in life for a purpose, you have a sense of peace, grace, clarity. And there's a healthy self-esteem that comes with that because you know what you're doing in life. You're able to just... Even when you speak, even when you interact with someone, you know that this is part of the purpose to just go ahead and instill into that youth or even now into um into this interview. You know, it's yep. just part of the purpose. Do you have anything coming up soon that you want to share with us about your any new projects or anything like that? Because we've unfortunately come to the end of our <laughs> I have a, quite a few projects. Um, right now, the Boys and Girls Club have picked up Cell Dreamer, and they're actually going to do Cell Dreamer with a few of their youth there. Um, right now, even the student version is being used in Florida as credit bearing, and they're giving a half a credit for these youth so that they're able to graduate. Um, a lot of great projects. We could be here for days, but a lot of great things are happening because I'm work, walking in my purpose. Well, I'll tell you, we waited, I, and I'm not kidding, it's been almost, I think, has it been a year, almost a year, Deborah? And, um, About that. Today I wake up and I say, is today the day? And I, But I knew when we also lined up the people that we chose that they were absolutely the right people that could get the message across. And... Mm. You know, we were, we were lucky to have one one person who was pretty famous. But in my opinion, you guys, you, you and all the other folks, and even my people from the board here, they're they're the ones to me that are have the message and are, are really um, famous in, in their own way. So, I we want we want to thank you for taking the time. And I know I I know that our paths will cross again for sure. And um, so thank you. Thank you very much for taking the time to educate us about something very important. So thank you, uh, thank you, thank you. for sharing. Thank you yeah. for sharing your life with us. I loved how you explained having purpose, but it has to be meaningful. So I know my work working with a lot of men and women, alcoholics, drug addicts, um, people that have committed crimes, didn't see a purpose that was meaningful. So that's why they drank, they drugged, they committed crimes. That's what they thought their life was supposed to be. You know, and you talk about low, low self-esteem and self-worth. Yeah. And, and, you know, Betty, it just makes me think, too, of when we met, the first time uh, we were talking about what we were doing in the world and everything. And I said, all I did was ask, how am I here to serve? And then boom. So we're connected. Thanks to everyone for being on our show. 
And thanks to you, our audience. Remember, when someone wants to talk to you about the weather or politics or whatever, you can now say, let's talk about self-esteem.